the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, theologically, the author's point here is that Jesus displaces Israel as the focus of God's plan of salvation, with the implication that faith in Jesus becomes the deciding characteristic for membership among God's people. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's going to be in the book of John in just a moment on today's edition of Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about this ministry, go to our website at studyversebyverse.com. We do appreciate hearing from you. There is a contact button on the website highlands.us. Just click on that contact link and let us know that you've tuned in. And now here's Pastor Layton. I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 15. The Gospel of John chapter 15. Now we as a a church family have been studying through the Gospel of John and uh, it was written decades after the other Gospels written by the aging apostle. And uh, it contains information that we don't find in the other Gospels. Uh, Paul, the, John was already aware of the other Gospels and what was in them, and it's as, as though God's Holy Spirit prompted John to open up and write to us to share uh, more about Jesus. I want you to know more about Jesus. And uh, so it, we've just found it such an enriching experience to go through this Gospel and learn about our Lord. We're now, the setting of chapter 15 is on the night before Jesus went to the cross. Um, the disciples are either still gathered in the upper room uh, at this time or they are on their way to the garden as he continues his teaching. Jesus continues his teaching in chapter 15. Now, the, the Bible uses various analogies to describe God's relationship with his people. For instance, he's the father and we are his children or we're members of his household. He's the king and we're the subjects. Uh, he is the creator. We're his creatures. He's the shepherd. We're his sheep. He is the builder. We're the building. He's the husband. We're the bride. He's the head. We're the body. And now we have this analogy as well, that he is the vine and we are the branches. Now, because we live close to wine country, I think most of us are probably familiar with what a vineyard looks like and what a vine looks like and so forth. In fact, these days you don't have to go to the wine country anymore because if you just go down the freeway, the local freeway, there are a bunch of vineyards off to the side and you can uh, take a look at what uh, vineyards look like. William Barclay wrote that the vine has grown all over Palestine as it then as it still is today. It's a plant that needs a great deal of attention if the best fruits are to be gotten out of it. The ground has to be perfectly clean. Wherever it grows, careful preparation of the soil is essential. It grows swiftly, and drastic pruning is necessary. A young vine is not allowed to fruit for the first three years, and each year it's cut drastically back to develop and conserve its life. It bears two kinds of branches, one that bears fruit and one that does not. And the branches that do not bear fruit are drastically pruned back so they will not drain away the plant's strength. The vine cannot produce the crop of which it is capable without drastic pruning. 
says, A branch depends upon the vine for its nourishment and its growth and its fruits. So likewise, a believer depends upon Jesus. And as a branch cannot bear fruit apart from the vine, so likewise, a believer cannot bear fruit apart from Jesus. Jesus makes this clear when he says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, the allegory of the vine and the branches brings us and underscores to us the importance of being fruitful in the Christian life and that this fruitfulness is not the result of our efforts, but rather the result of abiding in Christ. Now, Jesus is always the master storyteller, and so he wove all of the key figures of that night's event into this analogy. He is the vine. The father is the vine dresser. The abiding branches are his 11 disciples and all of the true disciples that follow. The non-abiding branches are Judas and all of the false disciples like him. And Jesus here is warning against following the example of Judas. Now he begins in chapter 15 verse 1 by saying, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. This is the last of the I am statements in, the, in John's gospel. You remember that when God introduced himself to Moses at the burning bush, Moses said, you're sending me back to them, but who do I say sent me? And God said, I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. And so I am is the name that God gave himself. And Jesus is using God's name in relationship to himself, thereby claiming to be God. That's the reason for which he was sent to the cross as he claimed to be God. And the religious leaders thought that he wasn't that he was blaspheming, and that's why they participated in in putting him to death. But Jesus was indeed and is God, God incarnate. John made clear in the beginning of his gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became flesh. That's God incarnate, God, God in human flesh. And so as God in human flesh, then Jesus rightly points to himself as the source of life and productivity in the spiritual realm. And and as he often does, Jesus uses pictures and ideas that are part of the religious heritage of the Jewish nation. Throughout the Old Testament, you find again and again Israel portrayed as God's choice vine or God's vineyard. For instance, the psalmist in Psalm 80 said, Thou didst bring a vine out of Egypt. And what he's referencing there is when God brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt, the land of slavery and bondage and death. In fact, the vine actually became the symbol of the nation of Israel. During the Maccabean revolt, the Maccabees had had their own coins, and on their coins was the vine, which represented the nation of Israel. On the holy place was a golden vine. It was part of their Jewish religious heritage. It was the very symbol of Israel. And, and, and God intended to bless the entire world through Israel. But Israel proved to be a fruitless and unfaithful vine. And the Old Testament laments Israel's failure to produce good fruits and it warns of God's pending judgment. In fact, it's depicted very graphically in Isaiah chapter 5. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. And then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. 
Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I'm going to do with my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall, and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel. Now, it's a curious fact that the symbol of the vine is never used in the Old Testament except in relationship to degeneration. For instance, in this reference uh, in Isaiah, it's the picture of a vineyard that has run wild. And Jeremiah complains that the nation has turned degenerate and become a wild vine. It's as if Jesus is saying, you think that you belong uh, to the nation of Israel, that you are a branch of the true vine of God. But the nation is a wild vine, as your prophets saw and said. Israel's apostasy made it an empty vine and disqualified it as a channel for God's blessing. And that those blessings now come through Jesus Christ, who is the true vine. Jesus calls himself the true vine. I am the true vine. And the word alethanos, true, means genuine. It means the real thing. And, and it's been used in that manner in this gospel before. You remember when... John the Baptist is described as a reflecting light, but Jesus Christ is the true light, the genuine light that came into the world. And that Moses gave bread in the wilderness, but Jesus is the true bread of heaven. And so Jesus here is saying, I am the true vine, the genuine vine. Now theologically, the the author's point here is that Jesus displaces Israel as the focus of God's plan of salvation. With the implication that faith in Jesus becomes the deciding characteristic for membership among God's people. A paradigm shift has taken place. Faith in Jesus has replaced keeping the law as the primary point of reference. It is as though Jesus said, I am the true vine. Don't be be deceived. It's not your heritage. It's not Judaism. It's not your religion. It's me. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Now, vine dresser refers to one who tills the soil like a farmer or a vine grower. It's used in the latter sense here. And Jesus designates the father as the vine dresser and assigns himself the role as the vine. And in no way should this be construed as a denial of his deity or full equality with God, which we've, uh, God the Father, which we've talked about in, in previous message. The point of this analogy is not to define the relationship between father and son, but to to, to describe the father's care for the vine and the branches. The role of the father here is decisive. He watches over the vine and he takes the action of, of a vine dresser to secure fruitfulness. The emphasis is on bearing fruit. That's the reason for growing a vine. In a vineyard, fruitfulness is not simply desirable, it's imperative. That's the whole point of having a vineyard. That's why a vineyard exists. And pruning is resorted to to ensure that this takes place. If you leave a vine to itself, it will produce a good amount of unproductive, wild growth. Now, as noted above, there are two types of branches that are 
are represented here, the genuine branches that abide in him and the false branches that do not. Verses 2 through 11, except for verse 6, describe the blessings and the characteristics of branches that abide. Verse 6 describes branches that do not abide. If you're new to this broadcast, it may have just become very obvious why we call it verse by verse. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's in the book of John. We'll continue tomorrow right where we are leaving off today. And this study is available online if you'd like to download it and listen to it again. Or if you'd like to review past broadcasts and past studies, you'll find those on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. If it's easier for you to give us a call, our number is 650 650- That's 650-873-4095. The church is located at 1900 Monterey Drive in San Bruno, and directions can be found on the website. Again, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great rest of your day, and come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.